What is up, podcast fam? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host, your chief energy officer, your professor, Jeremy Abramson, and I am so excited for you to listen to today's episode with Dr. Aria Young. She is such a powerful and transformational doctor and educator. I first came across her content on TikTok and I was literally hooked from the first moment I came across her videos. She has such an interesting and fun way to deliver educational and meaningful content and this episode is no different. She provides so much value and shares her story so vulnerably and authentically. I'm very, very confident that you're gonna get tremendous value from today's show. So get your pen and paper ready because you are about to have your mind blown. Let's get it. What is up? Everybody, welcome back to the Energy Exchange Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do I have a treat for you today. I got Miss Dr. Aria Young in the building. And Dr. Young is a licensed naturopathic physician who helps people heal from their illnesses by finding the root cause. And she herself has been on a journey to health through deep introspection and analysis of attachments and insecurities she's had her entire life. Doc, what is up? Hey, hey, Jeremy. Hey, everybody listening. It's awesome to be on here. I'm super humbled and grateful. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, so just to give people a little context, you know, I came across your content via TikTok and and I was like immediately intrigued because uh, there's, Anytime I see someone like talking about health and wellness and doing it in a fun way, I was like, she's super knowledgeable. She's super fun and expressive. I was like, we got to get her on. I love it. Yeah, I I try to do it. It started out as mostly educating people uh, just about their bodies, general stuff. If people wanted to know um, more, they would leave comments. And so I would help out in that way. And then uh, I started making a few more, more on uh like the spiritual stuff, especially the more I started doing this work. And so a lot of people had seen the one that I made that was like, basically like, hey, my life fell apart a week ago and I started doing this work on myself. Here's what I'm doing. And uh, talked about the four major things. And uh, like I told you earlier, I had no expectations about it. I was like, oh, it's a minute long. Maybe a lot of people won't see it, but the traffic it got was incredible. Um, and a lot of people said that it really helped them. And so it's it's cool because TikTok just provides an avenue where you can do that side of it, where you can educate people in a medical, like a very strict medical realm or in the like, hey, here's me, here's what I'm doing more in the spiritual sense. So it's beautiful. Yeah, I love seeing people really resonate with, with your message. So that video that really took off for you, that was kind of one that maybe drove a lot of people to your page and 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 helped you build that awareness and audience. What exactly were you talking about in that video? You mentioned four things. Yeah, so I mentioned that I was doing, I think these were the four things, there's a lot, but I was like, here, I'm gonna stick to these four. But the first one was prayer. Um, so connecting with a higher power, essentially taking all of the things that bog us down and that we feel like are just very heavy, they're very tough, how do we work through this stuff? And then basically just giving it to a higher power, just giving it away. It's too much to take on lightening that load, 
that was a huge one. And I'm real open about whatever it is that you believe in, then that's fine. It's no rigid, like this religion or this spirituality or anything. It's just higher power, God, whatever, just talk, talk to, you know, whoever, whatever is up there. Um, I'm really open and fluid about like whatever works for you, just, you know, do it of course. And so there was that, there was grounding. Um, what else? I do a lot of stuff. So I don't even know what I put in there. It was my, maybe breath work, um, meditation, um, a lot of really good, solid fundamentals for like recentering, regrounding, reconnecting, you know, or inside introspection and feeling a little bit more like yourself. Mm, yeah, I love that. So, so you mentioned you were going through a challenging, tumultuous period in your life. And this wasn't that long ago, right? No, this wasn't. This was like a month and a half ago. <laughs> wow. It's amazing that like, I mean, you're still obviously doing the work. The work never really ends. That's, no. part, of this, that's part of this beautiful hero's journey. But, but tell us a little bit about, you mentioned deep introspection and, and this, this uh, realization of these attachments and insecurities that you've had your entire life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So and I told you recently, or just before this too, that like, I'm really open about my life and what I've been through at this point. It wasn't always that way though. So even, I guess I could even kind of tie this into it because this plays a huge role. Huge role. So even um, I had an eating disorder, multiple eating disorders for over 10 years. Um, it was like completely uncontrolled. And it was something where like therapy didn't work for me. Like nothing was working for me. And I even that a lot of aspects of that came up in terms of like, where did that come from in all of this work? And so basically uh, what happened was, um, well, I'd been going through a lot. So I had, I'd gone through a breakup. Um, the relationship was very hard um, from start to finish. And I will say that there was definitely a time where I was bitter. I was angry. I was really frustrated by what I had to go through in that relationship. Um, I was not in a good place and I was not in a place where I could be grateful for things for somebody that's very much so, hey, we're all here to help each other. We learn through these experiences. These experiences help other people. I was fucking pissed. I was like, what in the world is going on here? And so um, I went through this situation and I was mad. And it was like the most mad I've ever been in my life. And I was like broken and just kind of sitting there and I was crying and I was in this space where I was like, what in the world? And so with the whole like eating disorder thing, um, I also, I was never open about talking about that. That was something that almost nobody knew about. Like I opened up about that when I, I guess when I got a TikTok, like back in March or something. And so many people, especially even from high school and stuff were like, I had no idea that that was a part of your life because I didn't want to open up about it. I was, I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. And I'm like, well, oh, I'm a doctor. And like, how would that even look? if I were to tell people that. And so nobody knew this was 10 plus years. Right. So when I started opening up about this stuff, I was very like, you know what, I'm just going to tell people how I am, how I feel, because I think it'll be really helpful. And so that's why I started doing the same thing in this experience. And it's funny because all this stuff ties together. We know it ties together, but we don't, sometimes you don't really see it for what it is. And a lot of the stuff that was present when I had an eating disorder or multiple eating disorders also came up in my relationship and it was it kept spilling over into other areas of my life and I wasn't understanding it so went through this this thing and I was like fuck like I just I'm so mad and I'm supposed to be love and light and I love my life and I like who I am etc cetera, etc cetera. what is going on here and 
I started, I just, you know what I did is I just, one night I was kind of like, okay, where do I go? What do I do? I can't lean on anybody. I can't talk to anybody. Nobody's going to help me. But I, I felt like this my entire life, right? Like there's been aspects of it everywhere. Even when I feel good and I feel confident, there's still this heaviness. There's still this weight. There's still this something. Um, and it doesn't matter how much you have in your life if you don't feel that thing internally. But I thought I did, but I didn't. And it kept coming up. So I'm sitting there one night and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do yoga nidra. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to lay there. I'm just going to I don't like meditation because my brain's like ping ponging all the time. And so I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to do it. And this was after, after I had talked to one of my friends who was very like in tune, um, spiritually, energetically, all of that. And she made some recommendations cause she's been my longtime friend. She knows a lot about this stuff and she's like, you know, made some recommendations for me to do, but essentially she, I was telling her about, you know, I'm just so upset and I keep going through this and I feel like I'm a good person, but these, these things keep coming up and I don't understand it because I, I feel like I like myself and I'm confident, but then I settle for less. And I, I, I'm sad a lot of the time. And I feel like there's a lot of this like heavy weight that's on my shoulders. And I'm just scared that like these situations will keep coming up. And she looked at me and I love her. And I think she's the only person who could have said this to me where it was well-received. But she looked at me and she said, Aria, you are accepting it. All of this stuff is because you have allowed it and you feel a certain way about yourself to where you are essentially creating it. You're in an energetic state that that's what you are bringing to your life and you are allowing it. And I swear, I don't think anybody else could have told me that without me getting defensive in the past because I think people have tried. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do? And she's like, well, I don't know much. And that's the really the biggest thing here is a lot of people have kind of reached out as I've been doing this stuff and they're like, well, I want to do the same thing. Where do I start? What do I do? And I tell everybody, you know, it looks different for everyone. What I'm doing that's helped me is going to be different for somebody else. And so, and I don't have all the answers. I just know what works for me. So I'll tell you what's worked for me. And if it will help you, then, you know, you can try and you can see. And <clears throat> she kind of said the same thing. So she was like, this is what I've started doing. This is what's really helped me. But essentially you have to get to a place where you have to understand that like you are like you're conducting everything you have so much power you're not powerless this these things don't happen randomly and and you get to decide if this is what you want to be part of your life <clears throat> so i went through two days of feeling like shit and i was like i don't know what to do i was like i'll do yoga but i'm not really sure like i said i was never big on meditation and i was like you know breathing exercises help but i'm not really sure but i wasn't there's a, an energy behind it that you need. There's a, a conscious space that you need to be in when you do it. And I wasn't trusting in the universe. I wasn't really liking myself. I didn't actually have this confidence in myself. I didn't actually like myself because if I did, I wouldn't have accepted most. I won't even say half. I will say most of the things that have happened to me in the past. I would not have been okay with that. And I had to look at that and go, why do I think that's okay? And a lot of these insecurities that I had, which led to me allowing uh, a lot of the ways that I've been treated in the past, especially by men. Um, it looked very similar to how I felt when I had that eating disorder. I mean, you don't really think of, oh, this girl is an eating disorder. She's super confident. She really likes herself. And there's truth to that. I thought I did. I wanted to. I really wanted to, but I didn't. And I struggled for so many years with feeling adequate and comparing myself. And um, I just felt so lost. I just feel, felt like I didn't, not like I didn't belong here and like I want to kill myself, but in a sense, I was like, why do I feel like I'm out of place here? 
Um, cause it was just such a sadness and such a, a dark place where anywhere I went, I was like, I can't, I don't feel like I can connect. And so even when the behaviors went away, I didn't realize that I hadn't fully healed in that sense. Mm -hmm. So all of that then came up. So now I'm like, Oh, I'm going through all this, you know, this stuff that's very hard to take on. And then suddenly it was like, wham, here's all the insecurities that like, remember this, remember this stuff from the eating disorders. Now you're going to have to work through that too. So it was like a million insecurities at once. And I was like, this could break me. This could break me for sure. Or I could trust in what I know has been there all along and what I know is inherent and I can pray. I can ground so I can reconnect back to the earth. I can pray so I can trust in the universe. I can trust that everything is okay. And I'm going to really work through this stuff and like start to visualize. So a lot of it came from affirmations. I adopted this affirmation that came out of nowhere. I just was like, fuck it. This is what I'm going to go with. And I wrote it on my mirror and I started telling it to myself 15 times a day until I believed it. And it was, what was it? Um, so it was, I am calm. I am safe. I am worthy. I am happy. And I just kept saying it and saying it. And I was going to the park or Tempe Town Lake, which is about 10 minutes from where I live. And I would sit there at night and I would just either stare at the water or I would stare at the fountain that's in the park. And I would just keep telling it to myself until I believed it because I, it needed to start from within. So I'm calm, I am safe, I am worthy, I am happy. And then I would go into meditation. Here's the thing with meditation is it was like almost kind of crammed down my throat in naturopathic medical school. As you can imagine, people are like, you don't like to meditate? Like, how could you? And, and my brain is very, I'm very left brain. I'm very analytical. So it's always constantly going. I'm way more left brain dominant. Um, and so I was like, well, I can't meditate because I can't, you know, clear my head and clear my thoughts and all this stuff. And I realized, oh, it's different for everyone. That's what, in naturopathic medicine is individualized medicine, right? We're always individualizing things. Why don't we do that with all this other stuff? Like meditation doesn't just mean no thoughts, right? That's why there's guided. That's why there's, you can do your own thing. And so what I did is I, so I took that and I was like, okay, so I'm not going to clear my thoughts. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sit in the quiet and I'm going to instead do visualizing while I do it so I can focus on something but the biggest thing I learned too is if, so you have to align with what you want, right? Like you have to be what you want. So I was someone that was very broken, very insecure. So I was getting broken and insecure and chaos. Essentially my life was a lot of chaos. And so then when I was like, okay, so I have to align with who I am. I want to be calm. I want to be happy. I want to be confident. So the things that I get, you know, like the, the partners in the future, maybe that I get, are confident and they're stable and they're loving. And like, I want to be loving. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be pissed about everything. Right. So I started getting to a space where I saw myself and was feeling that. And the more that I felt it, cause I was like, I need to bring it to a place where essentially I already have it. Cause if you feel like you already have it, then you're just going to get more of those things that you feel like you already have. This is the mm -hmm. law of attraction. You, you know, you know, all that. And what's hilarious is I've known this forever. I just didn't realize I wasn't practicing it at all. And so I did that. And I, and then I did a lot of the visualization with like, how, well, how do I not only want myself to look, how do I want my practice to look? How do I want my friendships to look? How do I want everything to look? And I'd sit and I would sit by myself. And I would go into this park. And sometimes that's when I was doing some of the TikTok lives, I would start out like that. And then I would go, I was in these parks sometimes for two or three hours. And like, I'm a busy person, of course, right? Like I have my virtual practice and I'm, I'm doing so many different things. And I was like, this is so important that I'm going to sit here for as long as I need to. I will be out here all damn night. I don't care. I am doing this work and I'm doing it appropriately because I don't ever 
ever want to get back to a place that I was in when I was essentially, I felt like I was incapacitated, that I couldn't move. And so I'd sit there and I would ground. So I would reconnect back to the earth over and over and over and over again. And then I would do these meditations until I felt like, okay, I feel that I'm in a place where I'm good. And within like, I don't know, five days of doing this, like my practice blew up and my TikTok blew up. And it was like, oh, this is super great. I love this. Like I'm doing the right thing. Like, you know, of course, always staying humble and doing all of that, but making sure we do the work and that we're grateful for what's going on. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. This is so awesome. Okay. So like I'm on the right path. Right. And then there's another side to it. Where Wait, it's so, like, so let me interrupt you because yeah. you, you, you just, you gave us so much juiciness. So, yeah, yeah. so just to be clear, all yeah. of this process, all of these realizations, they had basically come to the surface and this was all kind of in the last couple months. Yeah. Well, the last month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so before you, before you continue sharing, I think my, my gut, first of all, I want to acknowledge you for like really being so committed to doing that work. And for everyone yeah. listening, you know, a lot of times we, we let our distractions dissolve our reality away and, and, and we know that there's something we should address. But again, when you peel back the layers to an onion, you cry because that shit can be painful, right? right. You're, you're facing a lot of these traumas and sometimes it feels like you're experiencing them again. So as humans, you know, we, we, we have a tendency, survival mechanism to avoid discomfort, to avoid pain, to avoid that introspection. But really... As, as you can see with you, like that's where all of the growth and, and manifestation has happened. So, so how were you able to not become overwhelmed by these multiple, you know, the, the traumas, the things from the past, all of these realizations coming at you like a fucking like a landslide, like a snowstorm. Like how were you able to kind of manage all of these and compartmentalize them? Yeah. So, um, it's a couple, actually a couple things with that, which is interesting why you said that, because first of all, the, the other shoe always drops <laughs> and there's like, I always describe it as like, so without, without dark, there wouldn't be light. Right. And without pain, we wouldn't know happiness. And so without like, Hey, you're doing all this really good stuff. There's not going to be the opposite side of like, cause it, you need it for it to bear weight. You need it to have significance. Cause if you don't, of course, if you don't know the opposite side of it, it's kind of like, okay, well this thing is just here. And so, um, I will say first off, I think the way that I was able to do it is because I've been through some pain in my life. So I have a pretty high emotional pain tolerance. So these things were coming up and they were hurting. First of all, the fear of going back to a place where I would have been before, because I was kind of in a fear state still then. I was like, I never want to be back in this place. That was enough to keep me going. Because so I was like, if I keep doing this, it was more of like a belief in myself. Because I was like, I can't have expectations about this, which I think is why it works so well for me as well. Because I had no expectations. I'm like, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, well, I'm already, already a rock bottom almost, you know? So, but I didn't want to get back to that point. And I was like, I know this is good for me. So regardless of what happens, I'm going to keep doing it anyway, because I want to be a better person. I want to feel like myself again. It's been so long since I felt like myself. Um, 
relationships will do that, especially like not great ones and like, you know, the eating disorder and all that stuff. There was, there were a lot of things that came up. And so one of the first things that saved my ass when things started getting hard was, and this is very hard for me. This is something I've learned how to do was ask for help. I do not ask for help. And I, I reached out to one of my, my favorite people right now who does a lot of this, this self growth stuff. And um, does a lot of like coaching in that sense too. And it's like him and then one other girl, they're, they're both doing it. And I was like, I am having a hard time because things started changing. So really positive things started changing. Also, uh, things that I didn't really expect were changing. Like my friendships started changing a lot. And some of them, some things in life, like when I started doing this work, almost seemed like it was just ripped out. Like just suddenly it was like, nope, like not anymore. And I'm like, are you, are you sure? Are you sure that was like, I was, I was second guessing a lot of this stuff. And so there is an aspect to it where it's like, it's not, it's not comfortable. It's not just, oh, this is, you know, pain that's coming up internally. It's also like, there's this external stuff where it's like these friendships, these relationships that you think are good for you. Like we've got a bigger plan and there might, they might be great people, but they're maybe not best suited for you. And so we're going to go a different direction with that. So Mm. that was a big thing is making sure that first of all, I work on being able to ask for help because it's very hard for me, but also knowing that I have a a handful of really solid people that are like loving, able to help. And they are right there. If I need, like, they're just like, Hey, you just say the word and, and we've got you knowing that, um, was very helpful because when, I mean, at least for me, because I can't give advice for anybody else. But for me, when I stepped into this, it literally was like, where am I? Mm. What am I even doing here? Where have I been that this feels so weird? You know, mm-hmm. like suddenly it just, it's very odd. So yeah, there were definitely other things that happened that weren't so fun. The beginning was so fun. And then suddenly it was like, wait, this isn't, this isn't fun. But mm. yeah. Yeah. I love First of all, thank you again for sharing so openly. I know so many people are going to get tremendous value from this and hopefully feel empowered to do the work and also help others and share share their story. And and I think that's so crucial what you said about asking for help and especially for men, we're kind of told like as as kids like, "Yo, you're a pussy if you can't do that shit." You know what I mean? It's like so so it creates this narrative and paradigm where it's like, well, I feel like I need to, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be picked on. I don't want to be called names, and yeah. and, it, and it can create that that resistance. So for anyone listening, if you need help, like what you mentioned too, Doc, about the importance of those friends that are aligned with you, and it seems like as you started to raise your vibration, you started to again attract the values and, and, and the the things that were aligned with what you, what you wanted to create in the world. 100%. I will say with full confidence, I don't think you and I would be having this conversation if that work never happened. I just don't. But I think if there's a time and place for everything. So I'm not mad about the timelines, right? Like I don't get to say when this stuff comes up, especially because a lot of the really painful stuff I've been through where before I was like, why did I even have to go through this? It just seems like, not like a waste, but it's like, well, that's so much pain. That's so much to go through when you don't really see like the beauty behind it. Mm. Um, there's a plan for all of it. And so now I'm kind of at the point where I can appreciate everything for exactly the way that it was. 
because you do learn so much in those moments. Like it's not yeah. all that took me a minute when, when I, when I first started this, I felt so good. I just, I felt like, Oh, I'm home. Like this, this is where I was supposed to be so long. And like two weeks hit, which I'm sure you've seen some of my Instagram posts. I basically documented this along the way. And then within two weeks, it was like, okay, so remember that thing that I said? Yeah. I, uh, don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet too soon to tell, but right. it's, uh, it was very, very like up and down. And so it's been very surprising. But again, that's where some of the letting go of the expectations come from is like, yeah, you can't have any expectations. It might be easy. It might or might just be really kind of painful the more you sift through your stuff. But I don't want to assume anything because I did this whole thing in the release and the letting go and the just, you know, taking everything off of me and giving it to a higher power. That was the whole point. So it's like, why am I going to sit here and right. try to control it? And, you know, so it's funny. It's funny. I think what's, yeah, I think what's important too is like the importance of surrendering, which can be very challenging. But with that, there's also that balance and equilibrium of action. Like if you just say like, I'm just going to surrender my whole life to the universe or it, that that's great but what what requires if you really want to make advancement forward towards your dreams or towards any sort of self-improvement you need to do the fucking work yeah. and 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 you found that beautiful balance between the two and i'm curious to know where you you're all about you know finding the root cause yeah. of of illnesses that's your job um were you able to really pinpoint the root of that feeling of unworthiness where did that come from interestingly enough um and i've actually known this my whole life and thought well there might be some significance here might not more so now i give it a lot of credit because it's funny because whenever people go to therapy like one of the top things that always ends up coming up is well what was your childhood like like you know what what came up in that and that was always something that my therapists and, you know, psychiatrists and everybody always asked. And like, I had an incredible childhood. Like my parents are fucking dope. They have always been awesome. The reason why I even was introduced to this like spiritual stuff is because of like my mom when I was a kid. Um, they're awesome. I mean, we, I had a great childhood. The one thing that stands out though, which is something my mom said over and over is I had like one of the worst cases of separation anxiety as a baby ever. Like it was like, I came in with this, like I, I have uh, three other siblings. Whenever she would leave, I was the only one that was like crying. That was like super unhinged. I could barely even go to school. Like when I was like, when I first started school, my teachers essentially had to like hold me there when she left. I was so anxious and so attached to her. And so I think maybe there was something I came in here with. I don't know what it is, but it wasn't anything that they did. Like they were very loving. They were freaking awesome parents, but there was something about that, that still not totally sure where that came from, but there was a little bit of insecurity. I think even after I moved through that, um, cause at some point I loved school and I was, I was fine, you know, but I think I always kind of had that, that anxiousness in me, but, um, there were some mild things I can remember when I was a teenager, like kids are just mean, like I got picked on a little bit, not anything like super intense, like bullying, but there were some things some kids said that I remember really got to me. I was 
I was somebody that wasn't ever like, oh, well, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones. I, I actually took things that people said to me to heart. So I, I've kind of always been sensitive in that way, which has made me a great doctor, right? It's gotten to me where I am today. But um, sometimes it's, it's unfortunate when it's like mean things people say. And so I've had to figure out how to um, enforce that a little bit better too, to still have that compassionate side and be very like open and loving, but block out like negativity and stuff. And so that's been a lot of this process too. And, um, but as a teen, I, I know that it was there and the more it went on, cause middle school and high school sucks. Like for most people, it's just hard. It's a transition phase. Kids are mean. There's hormones like going on all over the place. It's like a fucking hormone roller coaster. And yeah, you know, it's like, suddenly you're getting a period and you have pizza face. Like it's just, it's awful. And that was, you know, I had like really terrible acne as a kid too. And so there are like a whole slew of things I could possibly think of, you know, kids are just not very nice sometimes. And so, um, I think that there was a lot of that there that probably just went with me. And at some point it just probably got to be too much. And, um, I tried to find a way out of that. And that's kind of where addictions come in, where they, um, they allow you to be able to control one small part. Um, and there's a lot of deterioration that goes on there, but I was like, well, if I can control like my eating habits or if I can control my weight or this and that, then, you know, then I think that I will feel better. And so, although that wasn't exactly what came up with like the relationship, there's still that insecurity portion where I was like, I don't feel good enough. So I need this control thing. And so like with relationships, then it was like, I have all these insecurities. And so, um, I needed a lot of validation was the way it came up instead. I always needed to be validated, but I couldn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see it that way at all, especially when it's, it's, a, it's an unhealthy relationship where you're like, you know, you can blame it on so many different things. I really should have just known enough to, because one of the things you said um, before too, there was, there was a quote that came up um, in my head where one of my friends said, you have to be so dead set and stable and confident in who you are that nobody can break that because the world will try to break that over and over. And you need to know exactly who the fuck you are and not lose sight of it in order to really feel like stable. And so that was something that I feel like if I had done this work before, if I had been confident, if I had been stable, if I had really known who I was and what I deserved, then a lot of that would have fallen by the wayside anyway. Cause I would have been like, yeah, it doesn't align with me, you know, who cares, but I wasn't really getting it. I mean, the same thing would have been, applicable with eating disorder, right? It would have been like, I am good enough no matter what. I don't care what other people say or whatever other people think of me, but I wasn't there, right? I wasn't even there until like a month and a half ago. Like it just, and I think in the past I would have been almost like, a, like I said, ashamed of it. Like, oh, it took me until I was 27 or, oh, like I'm a doctor. I'm so smart. How do I, you know, like, but it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. It's, there's a timeline for everything and it doesn't really matter who you are or what you are when it aligns, when it fits, then you feel locked in. Suddenly you just, you feel like you like wake up. Like it all just, there's a weight that goes away. And like I said, I felt like I had, I had come home when it happened, even though I was sad and I was like, Oh, I've got a lot I need to sift through here. It felt like home. It's the best way to describe it. Yeah. What, what, what would you say or what do you say? Cause I'm sure you have a lot of patients that come to you who are probably themselves in a toxic relationship uh maybe maybe it's with their partner maybe it's with family members what are some 
really easy ways to identify if a relationship's toxic? And then what is the best way to navigate out of that? So uh, I will say from, I will speak from my perspective, actually, because I think that's the best way to kind of go about this stuff. So for me, what I noticed was, of course, um, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying, like I said, at a time I was very bitter. I was very frustrated by the way that I got treated until I realized that I accepted that. Um, but I was, I was at a place at one point where I was very mad at my ex. I was very mad at him. And now I'm at a place where I, I do accept it and I have left nothing but like love and peace for him. I really want him to be happy. And I understand the, the place that he, or I guess the, the lesson that he had to teach me and the fact that it ended and why it ended. And so that's all okay. But there were, there were some, some toxic behaviors. Um, there's a lot of, you know, so I'll say like lying, um, cheating, especially making people believe something like manipulation, like make, making people believe something else than what's actually true. Um, I, sh again, like, because I'm at this place now, it's like, I should have known like, okay, well, if that's what's going on, then you deserve better and to leave. And I didn't, I made that choice not to. And so, but those, there are unhealthy behaviors, not showing up in a time of need. That's a huge one. There were a couple, couple situations where I was, was really like down. There, there were some things that happened during our relationship and it just wasn't there. Um, that's a huge one for me. It's like, just if something happens or if I just feel like I need you just being able to show up. And so that's, that's a huge one as well. But a lot of the characteristic things people think of just being dishonest and unfaithful. Those are, those are pretty obvious ones. Um, but they applied to me. And so that's why I bring them up. The best way to navigate out of that, honestly, is exactly what I ended up doing. It's knowing your worth. It's figuring out that you deserve better and what that looks like. There's no template for that, especially when you get into the mindset of I deserve this um, or you get kind of lost in like the lies and the deceit and all of that. Um, it's really bringing yourself. So if you're here, like I know your viewers won't actually see this, but yeah, if well. you're but you, oh, okay. So if you're here and like this is what you're attracting and they're here as well when you love yourself, when you respect yourself. And that sounds so cliche, but it's like, I mean it in the sense that you are like, oh, I'm beautiful and I'm strong and I'm, you know, I do good for people and I'm, I'm powerful and I just, I want to see good in the world too. And you bring yourself to a point where you just vibrate energetically and you feel really good and all that. Then, then they're kind of down here, right? And naturally, I think it breaks away at that point. You naturally become on a different path and you'll separate that way. It's hard for some people, like some people just force themselves out of it. They're just like, I know I deserve better. I can't get around it. I can't make sense of it, but I'm just gonna leave. And I, a lot of people have left those comments on my TikTok and I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like mm -hmm. good for you because I didn't have that strength to be able to do that. So the fact that some people can do that is incredible to me. And so if you're able to do that, then great. Really what it boils down to is it's like, what do you think you're worth? What do you, like, if you could think about things in a perfect sense and you looked at yourself kind of objectively, but you look at yourself as a whole, you're like, what does this kind of person deserve? Because a lot of the time if we have siblings or we have loved ones, we're like, they deserve the world. They're so fucking great. And like, you just like, you're just like, you're the greatest person in the world and whatever. And I was guilty of doing that because I was like, well, 
I'm saying that about my siblings, but why don't I feel that way about myself? Like mm-hmm. if this situation happened to them, I'd be pissed, right? Like, how dare you accept that? But I was doing that. So what's the difference? So if you get to that point where you really understand that in your soul and your heart, and you're like, I deserve better and I know exactly what I want. And I'm not going to settle for less. The whole name to this game is that you don't have to work so hard to get it. All you have to know is be true to who you are and know exactly what you want and what you deserve. And then the universe helps. There's so much power behind it that it just aligns for you. There's a, there's a lot of what we think about in life is we have to work so hard to do this and we have to work so hard to get this and we have to chase it and we have to find it and we have to, but we don't. All we have to be is set and stable in who exactly we are and then allow it to unfold for us mm. and just, and, and have that patience too, to understand it's, it might not be tomorrow. It might be, but it might not be tomorrow, but just make sure that you hold steady and hold true to who you are yeah. and it'll flow. Yeah, I fucking love that. And it just always comes back for me, like to the to that quote from the alchemist, like when you want something, when you decide you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve that. And, you know, something that you mentioned earlier is is you got clear with like what type of friends you want to attract. And, and you know, what we do coaching and, and being a physician, you have to get clear when you're running a business like hey, who is my ideal client? Who's my avatar, mm-hmm. right? And, and the more specific you can get, hey, what's their name? What are they doing at uh, Monday at 9.30 in the morning? What's their favorite thing to drink? What are they doing on the weekend? Like, what do they like to eat for dinner? The more specific you can get, the easier it becomes to really understand that person and, and really attract that person into your life. It's the same thing with like with friends or a partner, Um, whatever, whatever that is, you know, getting super clear. And then after you get clear with that, of course, you have to embody those things. You have to be those things. Yeah. And once you were able to kind of recognize like, yo, I'm just not operating at at the frequency that I need to be. If I want these things, I need to, I need to show up in a more powerful way. Right. You know, I, I think you start to really notice the transformation. It's actually... It's crazy. A quick side note, like I've realized on TikTok, there is so much talk, like so much talk about just relationships. And that seems to be, I think, the number one pain point of like, of, of, of Gen Z and, and of people, you know, in their twenties and even beyond that. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that is a big, that's like a product of people really not investing in themselves and like depending so much on other people to bring them happiness and complete them. Well, that's what it was with me. Yeah. Yeah. And like I openly, I look at it exactly the way that it was now and I didn't like myself. That was when I remember I like needed the most and I needed, like I said, this validation, all this stuff. I just felt, just felt like there were like holes in who I was. And I just, yeah, I mean, I only say that I agree because of how it comes up with me and it, I mean, love is so monumental. I mean, it, it, it brings up so much beauty. It makes people be the best versions of themselves. It's like, it's no wonder, of course, that it's attractive and people would want it. Um, 
sometimes some of the lines get blurred though. And that's what happened with me is it, it, you know, it started out a good way, but then one of the, one of the analogies I, I have made with so many people um, is, and this is something that I learned a long time ago in some, like in a science class, I think in undergrad or something like that. But if you put a frog in a boiling pot of water, it's going to jump out immediately. But if you put a frog in a pot of lukewarm water and you slowly turn up the heat, mm. it will boil to death. And that I think is very applicable. And what happened with me was it's like, yeah, it starts out great, but then like maybe there's a couple things that get unhinged. And it's like the thing to, to really emphasize too is although it was, uh, it was not a, a great relationship and there were a lot of uh, not great things that he did, I was also not perfect. Like I, like I said, I've had a lot of insecurities. I've had a lot of things that I needed to work through. And so there was also that aspect. I'm not going to put full blame because the other thing too with this is like, I was blaming, I was blaming so much. And when you blame, you externalize your power, right? Mm. So by taking that on, I mean, it doesn't feel good for your ego, right? To be like, Hey, you know what? You chose this, but it, in a sense, it feels so much better because it, you realize I have this power. I have the power to change it. And guess what? I have the power to make sure that this never happens again. Mm. So that's, that's extremely important as well. Um, it's just funny the things that have come up because it's like, I also describe it too with a lot of this work, the way that's gone with me is I, I take like five steps forward and then like some weeks I take like two or three back, but then it's five forward and then, you know, it's, it's only been a month and a half though. And so it'd be a little bit different if we were to talk like two or three years from now, I'm sure it'll be a bit more level at that point because it's so new. I'm still kind of learning the ropes. The biggest thing that I've noticed that I do is like, sometimes I'll just reach out to my friends and like, cause I don't, I don't do it a lot. That's kind of, I'm a very like, um, I just take everything on myself. That's why I'm like, I used to have issues asking for help. Now I kind of understand the lines of like, you should ask for help or like, this is probably just something we need to work through or just like feel the bad, not bad actually, because everything that we feel is neutral. We either give it meaning good or bad, but when you feel the emotions that don't feel super great, sometimes I'm like, I just have to feel them. I just have to work through them. Cause then, you know, to, to heal you feel. And once you feel that stuff, you can, you can use that for, you know, other things in the future and you can learn through that feeling and learn through that pain and you understand it better. But, um, sometimes, I mean, it's like the biggest thing though, is if I ever ask people for stuff, I'm just like, is this normal? <laughs> just, this is normal. Cause I don't really know. I've not been doing this for very long. Just let me know if this is normal or not. Like, let me know that I'm still on the right path. Like I get that it might not always feel good, but I feel really not good right now. And it's always like, Aria, you're, this is part of it. In fact, it could be probably a lot worse and it's not. So kudos to you. Um, but again, it's that validation thing. And I know it's all like a validation, which is like every once in a while, I'm like, I just need the validation. But going off of someone that pretty much needed validation all the time, because I couldn't run, I couldn't rely on myself. I couldn't run on my own understanding of who I was. Now it's like for me to maybe ask like a couple times a month, some improvement and that's the biggest thing too is it's like it's not going to be perfect it's not going to happen overnight I always tell my patients and my clients when we talk about the plans I'm like I get that this is a lot of things I don't expect you to do all of these things overnight like sometimes this stuff takes time and like you might have some setbacks that's okay it's a balance it's no like let's cram everything in this perfect little box because we're not perfect it's just learning through it and understanding your own kind of vibe you know for sure yeah yeah, yeah. So, tell us about 
Oh, what's that echo? Did you hear that? Yeah, a little bit. That was weird. It's better now. Okay. 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 Cool. <laughs> I came out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck? Is that my shadow work? Anyways, um, so so we spoke a lot about kind of your personal journey and and some of these obstacles and roadblocks that you've been facing head on in, in just like the last six weeks and, and some of your background in childhood. So let's dive into your practice because I'm really intrigued and fascinated by the work that you do. Yo, 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 I am sorry for interrupting today's show, but are you ready to take your movement, mindset, and nutrition to the next level? Well, if you answered yes, I have great fucking news. I am accepting applications for my 12-week one-on-one coaching program called Thrive. And this program is unlike anything you've ever experienced. You get daily one-on-one access with me. You're gonna have my personal number. I'm gonna hold you accountable. I'm gonna call you out on your shit. But here's the thing. Only apply if you are ready to invest in yourself. This program is not for everyone. I only work with five students at a time. So if you're interested, DM me the word thrive on Instagram at Coach Jeremy305. DM me the word thrive at Coach Jeremy305 right now. Now let's get back to the show as a naturopathic doctor. And just to give the listeners idea, what's like the difference between naturopathic doctor and maybe a typical MD that they might be visiting right now? Sure, so um, basically, I guess I'll start with the similarities because there's a lot more similarities and there are differences. So we pretty much function the same. Um, We can both be general primary care physicians, like whatever you think of if you're sick. So if your back hurts or you have a cold or something like that, it's it's all the same stuff. You can basically see either. Um, what's different is, and we both, so four year, uh, bachelor's degree is required and then four years of medical school, but it's specific. So, uh, naturopathic doctors go to naturopathic medical school, MDs will go to their respective school and then DO, same thing. Um, they're all, uh, specific schools that they go to, but, um, the difference with us is that we are trained in, we get the same education as they do in the sense where there's like you know pharmaceuticals and there's all of like the diagnostic and all of that training but then we get a ton of the alternative therapies training as well so um hydrotherapy herbs um nutrition get a ton of nutrition training which is why i do a lot of um dietary recommendations for people lifestyle of course um and acupuncture i don't know if i mentioned that yet but that's all of it so we just get trained in a lot of um alternative areas as well to do those things and so um residency is required for those that um go the md or do route ours is optional uh we graduate able to take patients right away so that's kind of cool um but those are really the only differences so we take like slightly different board exams because we have like the allopathic or the uh, alternative stuff on ours as well. Um, but we have like a pharmacology section two where um, that's how you get your DA license is you have to take that section of it so you can have prescribing rights, which I do. Uh, but we both have medical degrees and all of that. Um, so there's, it's really more so like the similarities. There's a couple differences, but yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. That's crazy that you've done all that shit by 27. Congrats. 
my adrenals are a bit shot, but they're they're on the up and up a little bit. <laughs> did you graduate? Did you graduate undergrad early? Like, were you were you just young or? Um. Well, sort of. Yeah, I graduated. I had just turned twenty one. I think when I graduated, I was always a grade ahead in school, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually ended up graduating med school around a similar time as everybody else who went straight from undergrad to med school because that's exactly what I did. What happened though was I got in a really bad car accident like two quarters in. So I ended up taking the rest of the year off and then starting again with uh, basically exactly a year later. So I graduated when I was 26, um, which is, like I said, if you go straight from your undergrad into med school, then that's typically the age that um, people graduate with. But there were a lot of people that that was their like second or third um, career path that they ended up going on. So some people were in their forties or fifties or something like that. It was really cool actually. Cause it was just like ages across the board. There was a, an ER doc that was in our class who was wow. fucking dope. She was like one of the coolest ladies ever. She always had really awesome uh, stories to tell us. And so, yeah, there were some people who were allopathic and they just were like, yeah, I'd rather just do the naturopathic thing now. So it was super I cool. Love that. Yeah, the biggest thing that I've noticed in terms of, you know, like the typical practice versus, um, versus like functional medicine or, or naturopathic is, is first of all, the way that the Western medicine model is set up right now, and I'm pretty familiar with this just because, you know, my dad was a physician for Kaiser for the last 40 years. And the average appointment time with clients is like, I think, eight to 12 minutes which is kind of unfortunate because basically every person who gets into medicine, their intention is like, yo, I want to help people. I want to, I want to make an impact in the world. And it's hard to do that in eight minutes. Like you don't really get to build that relationship and that rapport with your patients and the holistic practitioners. I know the functional and, and, and you as well. It's like, you guys seem more grounded yourself. It seems like you're implementing a lot of these health practices because a lot of the doctors that I know in the past are some of the unhealthiest people. Like they're not even happy and there's their stress levels are skyrocketing and, and they're just in this perpetual hamster wheel. Right. Um, so I'm curious to know, like talk about the importance of really building that connection with each of your patients. Yeah. So actually, that's that's one of the top reasons why when people so some naturopaths take insurance, some don't, and that's kind of one of the things with this. The reason why sometimes insurance is tricky with naturopathic doctors is because we spend a lot more time, like on average. Well, my new client, new patient intakes are an hour. Um, in school, it was like the same thing. Even when I was working at their clinic, there or studying under their clinic there as a student doc. Um, same thing. It was like an hour, hour and a half. And so you, we would use insurance there if possible, but it was like, it's kind of tricky because insurance dictates how long you spend with those people. Mm. And so, um, and there's so much pressure on like MDs too, which, yeah, they're like, you know, eight to 10 minutes and they're like, they're seeing, you know, 40 people a day. And it's, I just, they, they function like machines. It's absolutely incredible. And so, um, I commend them so much on what they do. And so that's what, you know, with your dad too, I'm just like, what what a guy like i they are put under so much pressure and so not like we're not but it's that's a lot to 
it's a lot of people have to see. And so ours is a bit more slow paced. It's, it's longer because of that, but we also do a lot of like the root cause stuff, right? Like it's always like, well, where is this actually coming from? And so it takes a bit longer because instead of like, I have this and then we're going to find a respective drug for it. It's kind of like, okay, well, there's like <laughs> 10 different places where this can be coming from. So let's kind of comb through some of those, see maybe what's most likely and then start with that because we don't want it to be like overwhelming. And that's the biggest thing too, is I, all I do is virtual right now. So as my, my clients know, I'm always like, listen, we're going to go over the plan, but if it's overwhelming, tell me and we'll adjust it because I just hit the ground running. I'm like, you want to feel better? We're just going to go balls to the wall. Like here it is. Here's, here's all my best stuff. And if we need to uncover the next layer, we will, but it's not like here's a whole laundry list of things to start with because it might not even be necessary. Also your insurance will not be happy with you. And so let's take it as it comes um, but there's so much importance there with that. And I feel like because we get so much of the like natural aspect of things. So like diet even is food is medicine, right? Yeah. There, or poison. Or po exactly. Or poison. Um, we, we try to do food as, as medicine, of course. Um, we'll avoid the poison thing for now, but that's oh. like, that's part of it though, is because we get so much nutrition training, I think naturally, uh, even as like students, I mean, I would sit with my friends, of course, at lunch and it's a lot of like omega threes and like plant-based foods and um, a lot of like healthier stuff, probably because we're taught that way. And so I'm not sure if that kind of falls over with that too. Like I said, um, meditation was like a huge thing. So many of my friends meditated. There was this whole mind body component that kind of, of course, goes along with the holistic thing. But um, naturally, I think you're just kind of pushed into that sense the school kind of does it though too. I mean, there was like a garden and there's like, you know, they set it up in a way that it's very like green and very Zen. And, um, and so I'm wondering kind of if the environment also plays a role. I'm not sure what other med schools look like, but I just know there was like an entire backyard area where I went to school. And so, you know, I kind of wonder, and I think maybe it's because we're taught those things where it's like, Oh, there's an importance here. We should probably practice what we preach. And so that's, a lot of the reason why I started doing this work on myself too a month and a half ago, like I always recommended grounding, right. And doing this mental, emotional stuff. And I did some of it, but the intent behind there was different. And when I started doing this stuff, it like, it changed. Cause now it's like, I'm actually doing it. Like, it's not just do as I say, not as I do. It's like, I'm also doing it too. So. Yeah, that's so dope. And that, and like you said, that's just going to make your experience as a physician like I'll feel so much more confident coming to you and opening up and like telling you shit that's going on in my life oh, rather than like some just doctor who I don't have that relationship with. I don't, I don't know any of their story. I don't know any of their background. They're just someone with a white coat on, you know, asking me to cough twice while they're fondling my balls. I'm like, nah, bro. Like that's just a little uncomfortable. You know what I mean? But, but anyways, um, uh, <laughs> So, so I appreciate you kind of elaborating on that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, about mental health and, and the fact that, you know, as far as my research and, and, and knowledge goes, you know, like in the mid nineties, spending on mental disorders in this country was like $75 billion, which obviously is a big number, but two decades later, that number has nearly tripled. Um, I think it's over 200 billion now. 
And I'm not sure, you know, on the surface, you might think like, oh, that means like we're addressing more of it. We're, we're doing a better job. But I think it's more of a product of over-prescribing and things like antidepressants and like, you know, things for anxiety and then also, you know, um, uh, misdiagnosing. Uh, so, so I'm curious to know like what your take is on that and how often um, I'm a, I think you have the ability to like prescribe those things. I'm not. So yeah, like I'm curious to know, like, when do you know, like, I know you use your best judgment, but when do you know, like, Hey, this person probably needs an anti, an SSRI, an antidepressant in the short term. And, 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 and then the, maybe a few months down the road, we'll try to wean them off. But what's your approach in regards to that? Yeah. So a lot of that is really like understanding clinically what you are working with because so the first thing I'll definitely say is I think that number has probably gone up a lot because there's so much more prevalence of it as well. We just live such fast paced lives. We're like running ourselves into the ground. There's, you know, 2020 has just been a dumpster fire in itself, right? Like the amount of people that have had mental, emotional concerns that have never had them before this year, is, it's a lot. You could probably imagine. So there is that. Um, and so kind of understanding how to, the way that I approach it, I guess, is I understand that there's typically an underlying cause. Now, if it's like you've gone through a divorce or you've gone through a death or you've gone through something like that, there's kind of what we call like a, like a roadblock to cure um, where it's like, okay, well, we know the situation. It's like if somebody like hates their boss and they have like anxiety because of their boss, but they don't want to leave that job. It's like, okay, well, there's still things we can do to like help with that, but just know like the actual root cause of that is going to be difficult to address until you leave that situation. So in the situation like a divorce or like a death, it's like, you can't really change that. So understanding where it's coming from is important first. So, but if it's something like a thyroid issue or an adrenal issue or something like that, then, or GI, that's a major one. People don't seem to think that there's, um, I mean, we, the breath, the gut brain connection is a lot of people understand that. Right. But like, when we really think about it and we break it down, it's like, what about like food allergies or sensitivities? People kind of forget, Oh, that's part of it. And so it's really important to figure out where that stuff is coming from. Cause if it's coming from somewhere else like that, then, we can actually address the cause. So it's, it's kind of understanding, okay, where, where is this coming from first, which sometimes is a feat in itself. Some people don't really know for sure. And so, um, so it's kind of step one, but then understanding clinically, where is this person at? Are they just kind of having a tough time? Uh, and they really want like the natural stuff. Okay. You know, then like we can try it. It seems safe and it seems like, okay, well, why not? You know, like you're requesting it and you seem like you're like, you're, you're struggling, but like, you know, it's, it's different than if somebody is like fully suicidal and mm. it's very extreme and you know, like you can tell like the difference between all that. Then it's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Um, first of all, we're, we're going to have to call somebody, um, like impact or something like that. Um, and kind of go about it that way. But also it's like natural stuff isn't going to, that's the reason why I always say, like, I know a lot of people sometimes think like, oh, naturopathic doctors, like don't believe in pharmaceutical drugs. And it's not true because they save lives. And in that situation, it's very important to understand, is this person going to be a danger to themselves, to others? Um, what is serious? Because then the other thing too, is if people come and they have a serious looking mental, emotional concern, but they're like, well, I want to start with natural stuff. It's like, Mm -mm, probably not 
because we want to make sure that you are safe and that you are okay. We need to bring the situation down very quickly. So that's the distinction there is like, you need to understand clinically, what are you working with and what is going to be safe for that person? Um, a lot of the time with chronic stuff, like if you have like a chronic inflammatory condition um, or like a chronic like endocrine condition, like thyroid stuff, um, those are like places where natural medicine really thrives, right? But if it's something that's very like acute and urgent and um, it's extreme, then you really have to understand, okay, well, you have to be sensible about this. Um, because what really is important is that person's safety. And so it's, you have to use your best judgment with that. And so that's, that's probably one of the toughest things, but that's the reason why we couple so much with the allopathic side and the natural side. And it works really well because again, sometimes too, it's like, listen, we're not even going to do anything. You're just going straight to the ER. ER referrals happen a lot as well. You mm. really have to be smart about it. So that avenue is there. Natural medicine's great and cool. And it's awesome that we have that idea, but it's not always used in place of the system that we've already developed to make sure that if there's something urgent that comes up, that we can make sure that you guys are safe, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, make, it, it makes, uh, it makes complete sense. So, you know, just for example, like, like serotonin, right? 95% of serotonin, I believe is produced in our gut. Right. And, and, and a lot of these things that are given, um, for anxiety, I mean, especially depression is to basically in effect, increase the levels of serotonin in your brain. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so by first like maybe addressing an issue in their gut could you potentially and obviously making sure like they're moving their bodies and and eating eating things that make sense to them um could you potentially like not have to go the antidepressant route um like i'm i'm curious like for example just hypothetical if i came in and i said you know i've been in and out of depression like the last 12 months um i just I feel alone. I feel uh, sad. I can't focus on my work. I'm just ruminating in the past, like all of these things, like hypothetical. Um, would you, 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 you kind of understand what I'm asking. Like, would you, would you, I know you said that you would start off by kind of um, if it's a severe issue, like going towards get going towards um, a prescription, medicine to kind of calm that situation down in the immediate near future. Um, but if it's something where it's not like suicidal or they're not going to harm themselves, would you, would you implement something more natural on the onset or, or how would that typically go? I'm just so many, so many people hit me up, especially when I posted about like microdosing and they're like, I've been on this shit for 10 years. I want to get off of it, but I know if I try to like, you know, it's very hard and and, and, and it's like, obviously, I'm not a doctor. So, so I have to really, you know, respect those boundaries and just yeah. and, and share the knowledge that I have and the research that I've done, but with the same side, like protecting myself and protecting them. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. So in that hypothetical situation, especially if people are like, I'm on medication, but I, I want to kind of be off of them. Um, that's another really awesome area where we can kind of couple both. So it wouldn't be something where it's like, Hey, we're just going to substitute your medication for this like natural thing. But a lot of the time you can combine the two and like, you can, Mm -hmm. you know, slowly over the course of time, 
err more heavily on like the natural side versus the medication side. And you can safely kind of, you know, wean off of it in certain situations um, in that sense. And so um, that's in the, in the medication sense that you were asking about. And then the other one, like the first hypothetical situation where you're like, you know, just had depression for a while and I kind of ruminate on stuff and like, I'm not in a situation where I'm going to harm myself, but um, you know, I just kind of have these, these mental blocks sometimes where I just feel really sad or I don't really want to do anything. That would probably be a pretty good avenue to start with, with natural medicine. And usually that's where people want to go anyway if they're reaching out to you they're they're like some people just come and see you just because because we functional as pcps i mean there have been many times where people um i've seen people that have had uh like a bacterial infection and they're coughing and they just feel like shit and it's like okay well i've straight up been like what what do you want here and they're like meds I'm like okay so like and that's fine like i don't i don't judge i don't care i just have that you know that avenue of people want it but Natural medicine will work really, really well for that other stuff. The thing too, to keep in mind is like, you always want to make sure that, um, their natural things can interact with medication too. So it's like super important to cross check that stuff and make sure that you're not, you know, fucking with anything you shouldn't fuck with. And so understanding that portion as well is huge. It's a very major part. It's not like, ah, oh, let's just mix anything just because it's natural doesn't mean it's safe. And it certainly doesn't mean it's safe for you specifically. Some people have like conditions where natural medicine like specific kinds of natural medicine won't work well with them or medications. That's another aspect. Like you have to kind of know what you're working with. And so, um, there are a lot of avenues though, where it's helpful, but of course, in the extreme sense, you, you want to be a little bit more intense about your approach. Um, cause like I said, the, ultimately the goal is to make sure people are safe. You want to make sure that people get better, of course, but there's safety. But the other thing too, is there are some people that have like mild mental emotional stuff like anxiety and depression that like yeah it comes on every once in a while yeah it doesn't feel great and then they do really well on medication and it's like awesome because the whole goal is to find what works for you if you feel like a whole person when you take that stuff that's the goal the goal isn't necessarily let's get everyone on natural stuff because it might not work with everybody you want to find what works for you sometimes it's also i work really well on this medication plus this natural stuff some people just work well on natural stuff so like there's a blend. It's all, it's all really what works best for that person. That's why individualized medicine is so cool because you can, you can come up with what that works looks like for people. The other thing too is not everyone's depression looks the same. So when you kind of get into like symptoms of like what your depression actually looks like, what your anxiety actually looks like, you can get even more specific in your approach with it too, because then you can kind of figure out, okay, well, this is probably actually going to work best because sometimes it's just all blanketed, right? It's like, okay, well, this is good for general anxiety or this it, natural and medication based, but really getting down to what does this look like for you specifically is so super important. And, you know, and as well, kind of what you said with the gut thing too, a lot of the time, yes, gut stuff is completely connected. Um, and so kind of looking into that st stuff too, and making sure that's all that underlying root cause gut stuff, endocrine stuff, um, all super, super important, which is why we typically, well, at least I do, but most people I know have like a pretty thorough intake form of just like symptoms. Like, do you have this, 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 and this? Cause then you can maybe figure out even more where it's coming from, or if there's something else that might be making whatever that person is going through worse. So there's a bunch of different avenues to it, which is why it's so cool. Cause you're, I mean, it's just like, you're just like a detective. It's like, yeah. but it's different for everybody. It's not just 
you know, I've had, cause I, I work with a lot of mental, emotional conditions. I don't know how it ended up that way, but that's naturally how people gravitate towards me. And I'll tell you that what I end up recommending looks vastly different in a lot of other people, even if it's all just, I have depression because it all looks different in people. And so yeah. that's how you really get people to feeling better quicker. I think that's super important what you said that all depression looks different because we got to, we got to look under the surface a little bit and really find out like specifically what is it that you're experiencing on a consistent basis. And I love that you, I love another thing that, that really intrigues me about the way you speak is like, there's very little dogma. It's not like, Hey, it, it's Dr. Young's way or the fucking highway. Like, no, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna really tackle this in a, in a very specific customized way for you. What are your thoughts on like, um, with my clients, I do, um, you know, uh, I, I get, I, I do, I partnered with a nutrigenomics doctor. Okay. So we, we, you know, get their like saliva sample and then based on like their gene type, their 23 and me, it kind of, uh, gives what it gives us more information on, on what potentially might work best for them, things that they may avoid based on, you know, if you have, I think it's the APOE4 gene, like for dementia and Alzheimer's, if you have both of those recessive genes, then like you really want to make sure, I mean, you should make sure anyway to preserve your brain health, but like even more so in that case, what yeah. are your feelings on like the validity of that? Yeah. So actually a lot of them I've noticed have been pretty accurate. So like, uh, I talk about MTHFR a lot on my TikTok cause I feel like a lot of, well, apparently a lot of doctors don't actually talk about it. And that's just the feedback I've gotten from people that have commented. They've been like a doctor that talks about MTHFR. So it's so super important. So it's, it's, I guess it's a misnomer to say that it's a genetic mutation. Um, but it's like a change in it. Um, that makes it more challenging for people to do X, Y, and Z. There's like a whole, a whole thing. And depending on which kind of, there's two alleles to it as well. And depending on which one you have, it changes things a little bit more. And so, um, but a lot of the time people have been like, well, I don't know if I have this, how should I check it? Um, a lot of people have figured out through the 23andMe. So it seems like it's pretty accurate, but a lot of that genetic testing, um, it does get super helpful. There's actually genetic testing that will tell you which medications would work best for you. Like in terms of if you do have depression or anxiety and stuff, like it can actually map it and see, Hey, you know, this is probably what's going to work best with your body. Cause a lot of the time people try medications and they don't really work. A lot of the time it's cause it might be that specific medication. They might want to try something else, but of course, when it gets to that point where they're like, I've tried every medication doesn't work. Natural options are really cool in that sense. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, it is just like such an open way to look at what's going on in the body. And so um, I, like I said, I think it's been pretty accurate. Like, I haven't really noticed a lot of difference between the ones that people can just order outright, like the 23andMe and more of like the specialized test that would have to go through like a physician and stuff. So right. and it gives a lot of really awesome information. And so I'm all for it. Like, why not? You know? Yeah. It's fucking dope. It's cool that it's cool that we're in a period right now where like, I feel like a decade ago, that shit would have been very expensive and, and, and inaccessible to a lot of people. And now it's gotten to the point where it's scaled and it's like, this is actually highly accessible. Most people, uh, I mean, you can get a 23andMe for like 
under a hundred dollars, which is pretty awesome. So I yeah. encourage everyone to definitely like take action and, and be the detective that you mentioned. You know, I think yeah. that's powerful. Like lastly, before we get into a little rapid fire, um, I'm curious to know, you know, I have to ask like the last six, seven months, you've been on your own transformational journey. And obviously, you know, the world has been on their awakening as well. Uh, what's your take on everything going on right now in regards, like from the perspective of a health practitioner, like, you know, the information that you see coming out, you know, especially in California, the biggest, the biggest difference for me, like moving, moving from Florida was like, you know, people were obviously respecting the mask mandates in Florida. Like if you go inside somewhere to a restaurant, a supermarket, but when I got to San Francisco, like I was getting a, a, a bunch of dirty looks, just like walking outside in the street without a mask. And I was like, yo, like, really? I, I felt like there's just a, a big misunderstanding and it's become very politicized. Um, yeah. And I'm a very, un, like the opposite of a political person. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of curious if you have any like divine downloads or perspectives that you want to share. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny, actually, I'm from Florida. I was actually born there. So uh, oh. Florida always ends up being on the radar, too, with, like, news and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm from there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff that's come out of Florida that, like, actually was the opposite. It was, like, people are gathering in large groups and nobody really, you know, gives a shit or whatever. And I actually, my idea about California, just from, like, not only what I've seen, but I have a lot of friends that have moved there recently. Of course, I told you my younger brother where everybody's, like, wearing masks and stuff. And stuff so, um, it's interesting to kind of hear other people's takes on it, but biggest thing here is like, we want to make sure our immune systems are healthy. Like absolutely 100%. That's, that's really key here. Um, and so in terms of everything else going on, I mean, it's kind of hard when you watch the news, a lot of it is very wishy-washy and yes, it has gotten very political. Um, I like to keep a pretty general stance on everything right now, which is of course, wash your hands, like wear a mask if you can stay away from each other, like if you can, you know, and like just follow the general rules, but make sure you're taking care of yourself. You're getting good nutrition. You're staying up to date on your um, immune system. And, you know, like I said, you're washing your hands, like be sensible about this. And, you know, the, it's really like the way I look about it is like pretty simple. I mean, we have, when we kind of first started this, it seemed like it was pretty laid out. It was okay, cool. This makes sense. It just seems like it's just been like, almost like a war the last couple months and now it's just getting really confusing because it's like well, are we wearing masks are we not like are we doing the distancing like okay we're at 50 percent restaurants now i think arizona's at like 25 now and it's like but are we gonna really do anything like more intense here because this it's not controlled obviously like we're still all like cases are spiking in a number of states and so it started out pretty simple and now it's kind of getting confusing, but my stance is still generally the same. Like I said, just wear a mask, wash your hands, like stay away from each other. If you're going to, you know, spend time with people, it's like, make sure that they haven't been in contact with anybody with it. Um, if they can get tested and you can kind of see beforehand, then great. Those are all really good measures. But um, ultimately like it seems pretty simple and it's like make sure that you're getting enough nutrition and not trashing your body like of course you know like drinking and stuff which I do so it's like there's no judgment but making sure that you're not running yourself under the ground so your immune system can handle it because ultimately that's how we're able to get through this stuff right so yeah. that's yeah. my and and you know um 
Yeah, I just feel like from my perspective, I just want to see a root cause approach. Yes. And maybe I'm just like altruistic and 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 not practical, but like obviously the people who are getting most harmed have underlying conditions. Yes. So it's like what are we doing as a country to address, you know, the 200 million people in this country that are overweight or obese, uh, the 125 million who have diabetes or pre-diabetes, you know, heart disease, like all of these things that are chronic diseases that are lifestyle based. And, and, and I think it's representative of where we are as a country, like in, in our health, that we've been kind of afflicted the way we have. You know, we're, we're 4% of the population of the world, but um, we're responsible for, I know, more than 4% of the deaths, um, significantly more than that. So, so I think it's kind of a product just of a problem that's been going on for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Uh, and that's why people like you are so fucking important, doctor. Thank you so much for just doing you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we're trying, we're trying anyway, but yeah. And like nutri like I said too, nutrition, diet, so huge. A lot of this stuff comes from just defects in the way that we eat. Like there's tons of fast food restaurants on every corner. And, you know, we, we, are a society that consumes a lot of soda and just a lot of like mm. i'm all for you know like cheat days eating junk food every once in a while but you know we we really need to invest a lot more in how we treat our bodies in terms of nutrition and diet it's it really most of what goes on my honest opinion with the issues with like the endocrine issues like with diabetes and um obesity and all of that i mean like even like respiratory stuff that goes on like underlying food allergies like we really just got to be you know better about taking care of our bodies in that sense so mm, yes 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 so doc we're gonna transition a little bit from that serious topic of covid to a little bit bit more of a fun one um quick little rapid fire for you i'm really curious to know i feel like Oh, I, I feel like you're going to surprise me with some of these answers. Um, what is Dr. Young's favorite emoji? Uh, it's the emoji that looks like it's kind of having a stroke. It's like, you know, like with the little like squiggly mouth. I love Wait, that. Wait, do it again though? Do it again? It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know. Yes. Like one eye is like kind of closed and the other one's open and its mouth is just like all wiggly. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, so I'm curious to know, um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh, I'm honestly like a pretty easygoing person. I haven't really thought about this. My biggest pet peeve. Um, how, I don't know, but I will say one thing that bothers me is, uh, people that don't hold the door open for other people. <laughs> Mm. Like that, I'm, yeah. I mean, if people go through doors and it like slams in someone's face, like right behind it, that does bother me. So it's a weird one, but something I have noticed. So kind of maybe like inconsiderate people. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like inconsiderate stuff, though, but that's just one that I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. It's like for people who are trying to be in more environment, it's like, like, let's get rid of the plastic straw. It's just very small. <laughs> right, but it makes a big difference. You open up the door for someone who's had a shitty day, and like that can literally shift the whole narrative, shift the whole momentum into a different direction. 
So I, yeah, yeah, that's powerful. Uh, okay. So I want you to imagine, I want you to really, really go there for me for a second, doc. I want you, I want you to visualize like it's your last supper. You've accomplished everything that you've ever desired. Okay. Like all of the fucking viral content you've helped, you've helped heal so many people. And now you're, you're at your final supper and you get to enjoy that supper with three other people. Okay. Three other people. Uh, they, it can be dead or alive. It can't be family. And I want you to pick those three. And also after that, I'd love to know what you're having for that final supper to eat. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, hmm. wow. These are like really interesting questions that I'm like, I don't know if I've ever actually thought about this before. Um, I fucking love your patients. Yeah. I fucking love Maya Angelou. I feel like Mm. she would be dope to have a dinner with. Hey, Um, okay. I also love Russell Brand. I think it would be awesome to actually sit with him, talk with him. I hope to God one day I get to meet him, even just for a split second. He's so cool. One other person. Hmm. I'll think about that for a second. I would honestly say that if I had to have anything for my last meal, though, I I have celiac disease, so I'm gluten-free, which is sad uh, because I love gluten, but it is what it is. And so, like really good like gluten-free options would be are like kind of hard to come by i've gotten creative but like just like a big ass like vegan gluten-free pizza with actually like squishy crust and not like the thin like cardboard crust uh fuck me up man so yo, good yo like, what, what would happen if you ate a real pizza like just a couple slices what do you think would happen you know what's interesting is like with real cheese and real gluten uh uh, I'd probably have a lot. I actually never had stomach issues with when I ate dairy or gluten, oddly enough. I, they found out I had celiac de- disease just as like a fluke. I had an endoscopy for something else and they were like, by the way, you have celiac disease. And I cried. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Um, oh, but wow. it's fine now. We've gotten into a rhythm now. But honestly, um, now I would probably have a lot of GI issues because dairy is just awful like even for people that like aren't vegan they pretty much understand okay dairy is just not great at all lots of inflammatory stuff lots of shit that's in it um so that but then also my skin would probably break the f out like anytime there's been even slightly any gluten in any of my food um my skin is just like not having it it's weird though i won't have any bloating i won't have any gastrointestinal stuff i just get crazy acne and it's like the only thing that's triggered for isn't that so strange um, yeah, that's a, that's a good incentive to stay the fuck away though. Um, yeah. wait, I, I, so I got Maya Angelo Russell brand. Did you give a third person? I don't think so. I was like trying to think about it while I was, I was answering that. I don't really like, I haven't really thought about like, oh my gosh, I would love to meet this person if I could, even though like, I know there's been plenty of people over the years. Like I'm really trying to think like. Who's someone that maybe inspires you in, in your field? Um, I haven't really thought about that either, actually. I mean, I've had like colleagues and stuff and like, you know, some, some people that have been pioneers, I guess, in, in this sense have been really helpful, but I'm trying to think like, you can't leave that chair fucking empty. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to, I think, uh, 
I mean, why, <laughs> why is Logan Paul coming to mind? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll go with it. That, I think it'd be really cool to meet him, honestly, even though it's a weird one. I actually didn't really like him until recently. I started watching some of his podcasts, some of the more recent ones, and I'm like, oh, actually, he's, he's kind of dope now that he's like done a little bit of work on himself. So, fuck it. I'd like to meet Logan Paul. That'd be cool. Dope. All right. There we go. So we got, we got Dr. Aria Young, Maya Angelou, Russell Brand, and Logan Paul. I mean, Maya Angelou. Oh, man. God bless her at this table. It's oh, my God. She'd be like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Well, Doc, I want to just take a moment to acknowledge you for, for just showing up in such a powerful way and being so open, being so honest, being so vulnerable with the way that you share your story. And I know by you doing that, it's going to enable and empower so many others to do the same. So thank you for that. And I just want to give you the opportunity to uh, share with everyone where they can connect with you. How can they uh, book a session with you? Because um, I know your schedule is pretty booked, but these people need access to the best. And that's why you're here. Oh, well, thank you. That's like so sweet. Um, yeah. So my scheduling link is on all my social media. So TikTok, it's in my bio. Um, same thing with my Instagram and my Instagram and TikTok are both just D-R-A-R-I-A-Y-O-U-N-G, just Dr. Arya Young, all one word. Nice and easy. Uh, my email's on both of them as well. So it's the same thing, Young at gmail.com. So either way they can reach out to me. Um, and that's pretty much the best way, but they can just schedule outright. And honestly, right now my schedule, my schedule was really booked for like a month, almost like a month solid. And now it's starting to level off a little bit, but, um, yeah, I think that's probably the best way that they can. Um, a lot of people DM me on Instagram too, and like comments on my TikTok, and I try to get to as many of those as well, but it just takes me a lot longer than if people just like email me or schedule outright. I love that. Thank you so much. And is there any last word? last sentence, last paragraph, last poem that you want to leave everybody with today? Uh, be kind for everyone is fighting a hard battle. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite quotes. Thank you so much, Doc. I appreciate you. And Thank if you're you. listening, if you're listening and watching right now, you already know what time it is. It's time to fucking take ownership of your health. Take ownership of your life. Let's go, Doc. Let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> and don't forget to exchange energy along the way. Much love. Peace. Oh my goodness, podcast fam. How good was that episode with Dr. Aria? I promise you that she would not disappoint. And make sure to follow her on all of her social media channels. And as always, please share the show with a friend, with a loved one, anyone who would gain value from this message. You ultimately are my oxygen. Word of mouth is my oxygen. And the best way to help me to help this show is by sharing the show and leaving a review on iTunes. Let us know what your biggest takeaway from the show was and also give us feedback because we are always looking to create a better experience for you. So thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you back here for the next show. Peace out.